seated. Thanks for your great singing. I'll read the call to worship from Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let's pray. God, we gather here this morning. We want to set aside the things that are distracting us, the things that are temptations. We want to set aside our apathy. We want to set aside our distraction, and we want to bring them to you, Lord. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would just work in us so that we would be open and that we would be attentive and engaged in this time together, that you would really help us to present ourselves fully before you and just offer ourselves as um, a living sacrifice to you and just see what you have to teach us and show us today. So please just um, fill this space and be present with us, and we want to be present as well with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our song of confession is Lord Have Mercy. One of, one of the ancient prayers of the church is, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's sing Lord Have Mercy.
stand for the next two songs, a call forward and also assurance of God's love. Oh 
challenge to respond to the spirit and in obedience um, and this next song will hopefully give us the courage and the comfort to do that the goodness of God please stay standing if you're able
may be seated. I will pray for the offering, and then we will do our scripture reading. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your forgiveness, your love, and your, um, your calling to us to go out into the world, to be disciples of Jesus, and to live in a way that, that Jesus showed us to live. And thank you that um, Jesus showed us simplicity and generosity. And I pray that you would bless the offering this week that is being donated online or at the box in the back. And I just thank you for the generosity and um, the sacrifice that that means um, that people have, have been giving. And we pray that this money would be put to good use that will um, help those in the area that are in need and that would also um, further your, your kingdom of love and hope in this area of Manitoba and beyond. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the New Testament, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. A short scripture reading today. I'll still give you a couple of moments to find that in your, on your phone app or in your Bible. Your Bible app, specifically. Okay, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All right, Russell, God bless you as you speak. Good morning. All right, terrible dad joke for today. This one is probably a classic. I think you've all heard it before. What's black and white and red all over? A newspaper. There we go, because you read it. For those of you who don't know, a newspaper is like the news online, but it's like very papery. There we go. So we have children's church dismissal right now, and so I would like to pray for that. Please bow with me as we dismiss them. Dear God, we want to say thank you for each of the children in our congregation today. God, we pray that they have a wonderful time in Children's Church. We pray, bless Charlene as she uh, teaches what it is that she has. Or, and God, we also pray just whatever that is, help them to come closer to you. Help them to think of you. Help the children to remember the lessons that they learn for you to carry with them for the rest of their lives. We put this before you. Amen. All right, Children's Church, down the hall, that way. If you have your bulletins on you, uh, then now would be the time to pull them out. But before I end up going over anything, we actually have an announcement from Carrie Sawatsky. Good morning. Um, the second announcement under announcements in your bulletin says, if you have kids' toys for ages zero to five that could be used at the church, please contact me or just bring them to church. Um, we have the blessing of having quite a few little ones in our church right now, and we wanna make sure that our nursery has toys for them, and we're also looking to start up a bit of a mums group for those mums, as well as mums in the community, starting probably sometime in the fall. Um, and so we need, it would be lovely to have toys so that mums don't have to feel like they need to bring their own toys along for their kids when they come. So just contact me if you have anything that could be used. Thanks. All right. So, make a note of that. 
If you have any children's toys that you would be interested in donating to the church, then we ask, contact Carrie. And that is an absolutely exciting thing, uh, the Moms and Tots group she's looking to start in the fall. So I would ask for prayer for that over the weeks to come as that gets put into place. But if you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them out. We see there at the top, Wednesday, 2 p.m., prayer meeting. Sunday, 10.45, worship service. Next Sunday, 7 p.m., next Sunday, 7 p.m., there is going to be a bonfire at the church right in the back there. So bring food for potlucks, snacks, uh, lawn chairs, as long as it doesn't rain. Uh, If it all of a sudden does, then I'll get in touch with you about what we're going to do instead. But that is what we should be doing next Sunday evening. It is going to be a wonderful time. If it's anything like the last bonfire we had, because that was an absolutely wonderful time of sharing what God was up to in our lives in just a low key, it was a good time. All right, skipping down. Uh, If you want to be part of the church prayer chain, uh, then there is a sign-up in the foyer, uh, so make sure to make a note of that. Uh, That is a wonderful thing to be a part of, to just know what's going on in the lives of the people of our church. So if you are not part of the church prayer chain already, I would encourage you to sign up on the back. Uh, Then what Carrie said about kids' toys for ages zero to five in particular. Uh, Next, if you are interested in sharing what God has been up to in your life on a Sunday morning, then come and talk to me and I'll make sure that there is a part in the service that you can do that. So again, if you are interested in sharing what God is up to in your life or how you have seen him, then come and talk to me and I'll make sure you have the ability to do that. Next, YFC is looking for two volunteers to supervise junior high drop-in Thursday afternoons come the fall. Contact Dawson if you are interested in that. Uh, Tyson, I know, is up to a whole pile of interesting things come this fall. So if you are looking for a roller coaster time in the best of possible ways, make sure to talk to Dawson there. Next, Kids Connect, starting in October, and uh, we are all looking forward to that. If you are interested in helping out, contact Christine Murray, and she will be able to tell you what it is that is still needed. I would ask that we continue to pray for Kids Connect, uh, that they find all of the volunteers that they need. That is an absolutely wonderful ministry to our town, and... Boy, oh boy, the feeling of alive, the feeling of electric that is there every Wednesday. It is something amazing. God is at work there. So if you are interested at uh, serving with Kids Connect, talk to Christine Murray. And if you would like to participate in child care for the next two uh, or take on one of the next two Sundays of the summer, three Sundays of the summer, boy, oh boy, is this ever running out of time. But if you are interested in helping with child care, uh, there is a sign-up in the back of the foyer, as well as there is doodle sheets back there. If you are somebody that needs to have your hand busy, no judgment. I am absolutely one of the doodlers when I am not speaking myself. So that is in the back. All right. Is there any more announcements? Good morning. Um, I believe it was yesterday that uh, Jeff, our moderator, Jeff Thiessen, sent an email to anyone who is on the church email list. So if you could check your emails, there is some information there that he sent. 
Regarding November elections, we are in need of uh, a few positions on the church board, one being the Christian Education Committee chairperson, looking to um, hopefully get somebody to be uh, on that, on that, in that position. Um, it will involve organizing and kind of running the Sunday school, or sorry, yeah, the Sunday school, the children's church, um, just, just coordinating that is, is what's needed. Um, Bethany has already begun a bit of a process on how on gathering material for the children's church come, uh, for sorry for the Sunday school come uh, September. So there are already bo- balls in motion for that. So um, be nice to have somebody um, to to fill that position. Another one is the moderator. Jeff currently is our moderator. He has indicated that he will step down come November. We'll be in need of of um, somebody in that position as well as worship and music committee chairperson. Um, Bethany has been filling that role for um, the last term and uh, she is looking to step down. We have another shoe, big shoe to fit, to fill there as well. So ask you to be um, in consideration, prayerfully take this before the Lord, whether it's you or if somebody is uh, coming to your mind that you feel would be um, good in this position Please, um, just just get the ball rolling on, on that to make people think, uh, make people aware of the needs that are there for the church board. And um, yes, hopefully come November, we'll have some people to, to take over those positions. Thank you. Thank you. Any other announcements? All right. Then... Looking at items for prayer. The first one we have down there is Emily is planning to travel to Australia today. Yeah, so she leaves later today. She is here, so make sure to say goodbye. <laughs> but, uh, and then we're going to pray that that is a wonderful trip uh, and also a great year. And that any logistic things that need to be figured out still can get figured out. No problem whatsoever. We're also going to be praying for the start of kids' ministries come the fall. So that is Children's Church Sunday School. uh, That is Kids Connect. And also, uh, that is one other special thing. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned. I'll be updating you on that soon enough. And also, it's going to be uh, Moms and Tots. So that is the kids' ministries looking to start this fall. We're going to want to pray for those. And we're going to want to keep praying for Betty. As you heard last week, she is still in the hospital in Saskatchewan Way, uh, and she just really needs to be into a nursing home already. There is no transition uh, rooms there, so she has just been in a hospital bed this whole time. And so we want to pray that there is an opening in the care home that she can uh, move into, uh, and just, just in general, we want to pray for her that her spirits are kept up, that she sees God clearly. So I ask now that you join me in a word of prayer. Dear God, we come before you this morning in prayer. We come before you this morning first off in praise. Praise for the wonderful year that Emily is going to have. God, we pray that her trip out later today goes as good as it can. We pray that the flight is good. We pray that when she arrives Way too many hours later, it is a long flight. 
that she is found with everything that she needs to be found with, and we pray that this upcoming year in Australia is a blessed time for her. God, we pray that uh, all of the last of the logistics that need to fall into place as far as visas or anything like that also get figured out without a problem so that it can just be a time focusing on the things that she wants to instead of all of the other logistics and headaches that can come along with traveling. So God, we pray for the trip. We pray for her time there, and we pray for her. We thank you for Emily. We thank you for the blessing that she is, and we just are excited for her. And God, we want to pray also in praise for this fall that is soon arriving, far too soon arriving. God, we are looking to start a number of children's ministries that you have been at work in before and others that you have put on our hearts to start as well. And so, God, we want to pray your blessing on those. God, we want to pray that you are with the leaders, that you are with the planners, that your wisdom is on full display. God, we pray most of all that through these ministries you will be seen in a new generation clearer than ever before. We pray that many will come to know you. We pray that your love will be shown. God, we look forward to seeing how you will be at work as we have seen you at work in this past year. And so, God, we pray for these ministries. We pray a blessing upon them, and we look forward to seeing a year from now how you have been there every step of the way. But God, thank you. And God, we want to pray finally for Betty. God, this is disheartening for her. God, we pray that there is an opening soon. God, we pray that all of the visitation that she needs out there can happen and whatever is needed for her spirits to pick up. This is an awfully long time to wait. She has been in the hospital for months now waiting for that spot and why she is getting discouraged is something that makes sense to all of us and that all of us feel. And so we pray, bless her as she is waiting. And God, please, we also pray, help there to be an opening soon. Lord, all of these things we put before you this morning, and all of these things we place them at your feet. In your name we pray, amen. All right. So, over the past couple weeks, we have been talking about all of the reasons, the big reasons, that we can feel distant from God. All of the big reasons that we can feel that he is not with us. All the big reasons we can feel that that relationship is just dry. And that's an important thing for us to talk about. Because when our relationship from God is distant and when God doesn't seem to be anywhere near to us, then that just impacts everything. When you're not near that source of everlasting water, everlasting life, then just we feel dry in everything. It pours out into everything. We're made in God's image after all. How could it not impact everything? And thankfully, 
if thankfully is the right word. These have been things that the church has dealt with throughout its entire history. And so we have a number of different practices that we've found, different spiritual practices that we have found that have helped to address these things. So far, we've talked about the reasons relating to worship that we could feel distant from God. We've talked about reasons relating to being way too busy that make us feel distant from God. We've talked about reasons around following false versions of ourselves, following different masters than God that can cause us to feel distant from God. We've talked about how being unable to open ourselves to other people has caused us to feel distant to God. And we've talked about a number of different practices that help with each one of those. And today, we are going to be talking about what I suspect is going to seem like a very obvious thing, but yet it's also a problem that is widespread amongst Christians today. And that is the reasons that surround our inability to come before God as he presents himself in scripture and how that can cause us to feel distant from God in ways that we might not otherwise think about. And so as I've been doing so far, we start each one of these with a little story. And this is one from my own life. And you are going to hear a tale from about six months ago that is probably the angriest I have been about anything in a long time. And what it has to do with is a dishwasher. That's right. You heard me right. A dishwasher. You see, our old one died. The seal broke. Water got up into the electronics part of it. And I don't know if you've ever tried to fix a dishwasher before. You can either replace the electronics part of it for like $500 or you can get a brand new one for like $350. So... That was the way we went, and I got it out of there. There was a little mouse nest in the back. I tried my best to not let Shannon see before I cleaned it up, but she is far too fast. And so that ended up with all of the bleach and Clorox. That problem solved. And then, thankfully, Ron and Matt were stopping by that day, so they helped me get the thing to the garbage. And by helped me get the thing to the garbage, I mean took the thing to the dump. Thank you very much, by the way. I said it then, I'll say it again. And then we went off to the store, got a brand new one, a sticker on the box. You can install this one in an hour tops. And so we brought it in, and I wiggled it into place, and I got the electric all wired in. That wasn't too much of a headache one way or the other. I will fully admit I'm not nearly as afraid of electricity as I should be. So hasn't burnt the place down yet. That's the important thing. And then I put the water on, screwed it on. All was good. And then I noticed in the bottom of the box, what did I notice? I noticed that there was an instruction manual. And I did the thing that I, I'm sorry to admit this, it's true. The thing I often do when I find instruction manuals, straight into the garbage. And then I wiggled it in and all was looking good. And I was like, I'm almost done in only an hour after all. And then we just needed to level it. And I don't know about you, but there are few things in this world that can make me quite so angry as trying to level something and it not leveling. I don't know why. 
It is worse to me than people that correct your grammar. Who uses whom when you're talking, right? It is worse to me than if the team you're watching, like if you're watching a Jets game and you're yelling, come on, you got to do this, and they don't listen to you, worse than that even. And so there it was, two little things that you needed to tighten with a wrench. And then I tightened one. It was a quarter of a turn. And then it went up, checked it with the level. Bubble went too far, all the way to the line. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just tap it back a little bit. Eighth of a turn back. That's what I did. Somehow the bubble went all the way to the far side of the thing. And so got angry at that point. Well, not angry, not this yet. Oh, boy. All the way, bubble didn't move at all. I have no idea what was going on, and this is what I did, I kid you not, for three hours. (laughs) Oh boy, this happened again six months ago, (laughs) and this is still how I talk about it. It was so infuriating that I did the unthinkable. I opened the garbage, and I took out the instruction manual. Open the first page. There was a note. First thing on the first page of how to install. Make sure you don't take off this little sticker that's holding off this back leveling plate or else you won't be able to level the thing. First note on the first page. So out I went, outside. This is February screamed into the void. I don't know if my neighbors heard that. (laughs) One way or the other, I came back in a minute and a half after I had taken that sticker off. A minute and a half, and it was leveled and screwed in, working perfectly. If only I would have just opened that book to begin with. And let me tell you, if you think that that means that I've opened instruction manuals past that, no, I don't learn those lessons. I am too convinced that I know exactly how it is that these things work in order to do something like that. Has it bit me before? Yes. Will it bite me again? Yes. But at the same time, I am just so sold on myself that I know how these things work, so why would I need the instruction manual? Now let's talk about the Bible. I think you know where I'm going with this. This is kind of what we do with the Bible an awful lot. It's kind of what we do with the Bible. Often we are absolutely so sure that we know exactly who this God is, how this God works, how we're supposed to live in response to all that, that we kind of don't even feel the need to open our Bibles in the first place. And then we run into something real similar. All throughout the Bible, we are told in a number of different places just why it is that Scripture is important, why it is that we as Christians, we need to pay attention to our Bibles, why we need to read it. There's so many of them that just some of my favorites to get the point across. We talk about this one every year. We talk about the temptation in Matthew 4, 4, 
There we go. That's an embarrassing thing for a pastor to do in front of everybody on a Sunday. We talk about the temptation. We talk about how, in that story, Jesus goes out into the wilderness. He, what does he do? He, he fasts for 40 days, and he does that in prayer, to be close to God. And then, what happens? What happens is the devil comes before him and tempts him. And how does he tempt him? He tempts him with, you know, well, you haven't been doing anything but fasting for 40 days. Why don't you have some food? I suspect that would be one of those temptations we would have a lot of trouble with ourselves. But Jesus stands strong. The story goes on. Then he tempts him with, let's bring you to the top of the temple. If you jump off, the angels will catch you. You're going to have a pretty rough ministry, Jesus Christ, Son of God. But if you do this, then everyone will see that God is with you because the angels themselves will carry you to the ground. Your ministry will go from very, very, very hard to the easiest thing in the world. Who among us isn't tempted by having an easy life, even if it's from the devil? And Jesus, again, stands strong. And then the third one brings him to the top of the tallest mountain. I will give you everything that you can see, all of the cosmos, all of the world itself, if you just, and here the pretenses are dropped, bow to me. And again, Jesus stands strong. Why does Jesus stand strong those three times? What does he do that help him to stand strong? Quotes scripture, the book of the law, quotes scripture right to the devil. This is why I know that your temptation is not good. This is why I know that this will be my destruction. This is why I know that this will be the end of my ministry before it even starts if I bow to you because God says. That's one of the useful of scripture. When the temptations of the world come, if we have that scripture in us, if it's in our hearts, if we know then all the temptations of the devil in the world won't be enough to make us bend the knee. That is one of the powers of scripture. That is why scripture is important. There's other reasons too. We only need to go on a couple chapters till we get to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is asked right there if he is coming to replace the scriptures, if he's coming to replace the law. And he says, no, I'm not coming to replace the law. I'm coming in fulfillment of it. That's one of those statements that we often just kind of look either way at and don't really think about it. We just kind of go through it to get to the meaty stuff on either side of it in the Sermon on the Mount. But actually think about what that means for a moment. Jesus comes as the fulfillment of the law. That means not only if we follow Jesus Christ, we know we are fulfilling, that we are also living up to the law, but it also means that all the rest of Scripture, if it is a fulfillment that we see in Jesus Christ, all the rest of Scripture, it tells you something about who that God is. It tells you something about who Jesus Christ is. It has to tell you something about who he is and what he is doing, because otherwise he wouldn't be the fulfillment of it. And that is exactly what scripture is. 
It is the story of God, straight from page one, the God who made all things. It is the story of our God who loves us with everything that he is. It is the story of who God is. It is the story of what God has done. And because of that, it is the story of who we are and how we are to live in response because of that. It is the story of everything. You want to know who God is. You want to be able to discern who he is. You want to know who he has revealed himself to us to be. This is how. And then there's the passage that Bethany so wonderfully read earlier, 2 Timothy 3.16, where they talk about all of the different uses of Scripture to edify in order to show us what is right. And that is a particularly valuable one these days. Because all too often these days, there are all the sources in the world, all the sources in the world that they are claiming to speak on behalf of God. They are claiming to speak the words of God, but they are not. And that is one of the uses of Scripture as well, to test those things. If this person is telling me that this is what God thinks about this, and we find in our Bibles that you couldn't get farther from the truth, then we know that that isn't from God. And that is a very important thing these days. Because we think that these days when everybody is able to read, we think these days when everybody has a copy of the Bible in their hands, that surely it'll be easier to see God than ever before. And in a way that's true because we all have access to the word where God has revealed himself. But also the problem is, is that now there are more people than ever claiming that this is the word of God, these are the words of God, this is what he says to me in this new revelation that only I have. You don't need to spend terribly much time online, terribly much time on the television, terribly much time in anything before you realize that the list of people and the list of things all claiming that this is the unadulterated word of God is longer than it has ever been before. That is why we need our scriptures, because without it, something terrible happens. Without it, we come to think that we know what God is, that we know who God is, that we know what God wants from us, we know who we are, we know what we are to do in response to God. Those are all questions that we answer for ourselves, regardless of whether or not we open our Bible or not. The question is just, where are we getting those facts from? Speaking of which, interesting statistics time. This is a study from Pew Research. It's pretty old already. It's focusing purely on the American church because Pew Research. Uh, They found that when they defined what biblical literacy was, just kind of, you have a general idea of what is in your Bible, a general idea of how it works with chapters and verses and books and a general idea of the story. So nothing too intense, just kind of an overview. They counted that as being biblically literate. 
And they didn't come to that idea of what biblical literacy is itself. They talked to a number of scholars just being like, what is your minimum idea of biblical literacy? That's, that's what they came up with. I think we can all be comfortable with that as a definition of biblical literacy, right? 40% of the people that they interviewed had what they would consider a minimum amount of biblical literacy. And these are Christians. Some of them had been all their lives. 40%. Do you think that it's gotten better since then? I'm betting not. My own anecdotal evidence would say that it's not that far off the mark. As you know, I used to work at a post-secondary, like Christian post-secondary. I did marking for a lot of the professors for their first years, and the amount of people that just passed off, this is what I think, as this is what the Bible says, it was truly, truly disheartening. And it was even more disheartening just how often what it is that they thought was directly opposed. Thankfully, they were in the place to deal with that, but yeah. Here's another thing. This one came out, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, Roger Moore, no. Russell Moore, it's embarrassing that I forgot Russell instead of Roger. Roger Moore is James Bond. Russell Moore was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention for years and years and years and years. He got ousted uh, unceremoniously uh, a handful ago because he was critical of uh, one of the big politicians in the States. He said that he was finding it alarming just how often different pastors were coming up to him after they preached on something like the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the meek, uh, turn the other cheek, those two things in particular. He was finding it alarming, the number of pastors that came up to him saying that when they preached on those topics, the number of congregants that came up to them afterwards saying, why are you preaching on these liberal talking points? And then when they responded, that, not liberal talking points, these are literally the words of Jesus Christ. You don't think that the response was some sort of, ah, no, I feel silly about that. It was almost across the board, there is no place for that today. That's weak. When the words of Jesus Christ himself seem to be opposed to our own faith, he said that was when things are in crisis, tend to agree with them. And that's a big problem. Because when you start to think that the God that you feel has to be right doesn't at all line up with the God that's in the Bible, no, he will never lead you somewhere good when God looks far too much like us, thinks like us, wants to do the same things like us, and he doesn't seem at all like the God that we find in Scripture, revealed in Scripture. Nothing good comes from that. The witness of the church is completely torn apart by that. Generations to come will not come to the church because they will not see fruit there because of that. And I hate to say it, 
but I'm pretty sure that that is the future that we are in for, for the time to come. Because that has certainly been what has happened. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do when God begins to look far too much like what we want him to look for, and that is not the God in the Bible? What do we do when we have trouble coming into the presence of God because who it is we're coming into the presence of is not God? What do we do when we feel dry because who it is that we are spending all of our time, all of our time worshiping is not actually who God reveals himself to be? What do we do? Well, thankfully, this is one where the answer is pretty obvious. If you are not coming before God in Scripture and as such you are having trouble seeing who God is at all, you need to read your Bible. There we go. And I know that that is often harder said than done because we all have busy lives. We all have things that we like to do. We all come home tired at the end of the day, so tired that the idea of opening a book is just unthinkable. And, I mean, if statistics are anything to go by, there's an excellent chance that some of us have trouble reading at the level the Bible is in at all. There's audiobooks. Let me know. I have a couple I like. Audiobooks of the Bible. But what do we do if we just can't find ourselves to have that time? Well, Duolingo has the answer for you. Those of you that know what Duolingo is, you can learn a new language 15 minutes a day. It just takes a couple years. My experience is, is that you definitely can learn to read and write in that amount of time, but just 15 minutes a day, and you can learn this whole thing. Am I saying that we need to start Duolingo? No, but I am saying that there is something to that. 15 minutes is something I suspect we can all carve from our days. And if not our days, we can probably carve it from our weeks, right? And if not our weeks, at least our months. We should be reading more than that in the word of God. This is God talking to us, but also I realize that this is the truth that if you aren't reading your Bibles, it is better to start with anything as long as that anything is something you can keep on with. So that's what we're looking to do. 15 minutes and just do it day after day after day. And you would be shocked at what you can learn. You will be shocked at who it is that you will find God to be. You will be shocked at just what is in his word at 15 minutes a day. And then once you have that down, you can try working to a bigger number too if your day is supports it. I would absolutely say that is what you should do because the more you dive into it, the more you, time you spend with it, the more it will change you. There are many different ways that you can read the Bible, many different ways that you can study it. And I'm not going to speak for a good number of them. I'm sure we all have ways that we find are useful ourselves. This is the one that I find useful. This is the one that has helped with me. This is the one I share with you. When you are reading your Bibles, this is how I'd encourage you to do it. You're going to want to start by doing something that seems almost wrong. 
Read it like a book, as fast as you can. Just get into it and have at her. That sounds weird. But what that allows you to do is it allows you to know what the story is. It allows you to know who the people in it are. It allows you to know kind of roughly what's going on in the background. It allows you to get the big picture. And then once you are done that, that's when you go back and you pick the beginning verse and then you go deep into it. The reason I say make sure you do that is because if you start the other way, if you just pick a passage, jump into it, go as deep as you can, it becomes surprisingly easy to find things that are very against the rest of Scripture if that is where you start. But if you know the story of Scripture and then you go back, then, then you can get really deep into it because then suddenly who these people that are being mentioned their larger story, and then you start to see, ah, oh, there's foreshadowing here. Ah, oh, there is reference to the past that is going on here. Oh, there is different layers to this. It begins to pop out for you, just different passages that can speak to who you are, different passages that can speak to who God is, different passages that can tell you how we are to learn and how we are to live and what the world can be and what the kingdom that is to come what we will see in it. Read it fast, then read it slow. And when you feel like you're good to go on, go on. Once you get to the end, you can start back at the beginning. At 15 minutes a day, you will be a little shocked how quickly you will make your way back to the beginning. We think of it as some monumentally unsurmountable book because it's 1,100 pages long. I think the average amount people read online in a day is somewhere between three and 5,000 words. That's about 10 pages. It's not that hard to get through 1,100 pages when you're reading 10 a day. It doesn't take as much time as you would think. But do that. Spend that time. Spend that time first off going a mile wide and an inch deep, and then going as deep as you can. And I guarantee you who it is that you will find God revealed himself to be will be different than you ever thought that he was. And how it is that we are to live in response is not the same as what you probably thought it was. Every time I go into passages that I thought I have hit the bottom of, for some reason I can just keep going. I know professors that are in their 80s that have been doing it since their 20s and were Christians before that, that still are learning things every day. That's how we know. That's one of the many reasons we know this is the word of God, because what other book can you do that with? God is in here, revealed to us. We just need to go and search for him and know that he will help us do it. That's the first thing to do. And here's the second. In the fall, we're going to have small groups. I'd encourage you to sign up for those. If you know of small groups in other places that you want to sign up for, also not a bad idea. An interesting thing happens when you're Bible studying with other people. And the best way to explain how that works is kind of like, let's reference YouTube. About a billion hours a day of YouTube are watched every day. That's interesting because there hasn't really even been a billion hours in the history of humankind, I don't think. You know how they do it? 
Because you have hundreds of millions of people that are all watching, some 15 minutes, some three hours, averages out to a billion hours a day. Why is that important? The reason it's important is because that is what is happening when you meet with other believers to go into the Word. You are not just accessing your own hours that you have spent in the passage, you will also have to draw on the hours that everyone else in that circle has also spent on the Word. And that adds up fast. When the Spirit is at work in every last one of the people there, all showing them what it is that God has revealed himself, and that comes out, it is impossible to understand the importance of that. It is easier than you think to lose sight of God, to feel like he is distant, to feel like he isn't anywhere near us if we just don't spend time in his word. And when that happens, we feel dry. When that happens, we feel empty. When that happens, we don't know where to look. But this is where we look. This right here. And there you will find the God that seems so far away. Now, today is also communion. McGregor EMC, we believe that communion is open to all believers, regardless of whether you're from our congregation or not. Because in communion, something amazing happens. In communion, we are joined with other believers straight through all of time, all of space, to the beginning itself, to Jesus Christ himself. There is that direct history that happens there. Jesus Christ served the apostles who served their followers, who served theirs down and down and down and down to us today. And someday when we serve our kids and our kids theirs, we will be connected through the generations in that direction as well. In communion, we are connected to God. In communion, we are connected to the rest of the church. And so that is why I am happy to have communion with all of you today. In the book of 1 Corinthians, we read, For this is what the Lord himself said, and I pass on to you, just as I received that on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me for as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Parents, if you have kids that are young with you that may not understand what is going on, I'm going to leave it up to you as to whether they partake. But I am excited to join with each of you in this wonderful sacrament today. I will ask the deacons up, and as they are serving to each of you, I ask that we spend some time in reflection 
What are the things that are causing us to not see God clearly? What are the things that are causing us to not be able to come before our neighbors in good faith? And then I will ask that whatever those things are, you pray forgiveness, and then when you go home, you deal with them as quickly as you can.
and together we eat. And together we drink. And now I'll ask if together we can also say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please stand together as we sing the love of God. And if I may, um, to also kind of add on a little anecdote about Bible reading plans, if you just Google like different plans for the year or things like that, it can give you a bit of a plan, which I have found very helpful because sometimes it's hard to know where to start. But having a list and little check boxes for every day can be helpful if that's kind of what your personality is like. So I'll just leave that there. All right, let's sing the love of God. We'll stop after verse 2 in the chorus for the benediction, and then we'll all sing verse 3 and the chorus together. encourage you to put down on your calendars that next Sunday 
We are going to be having a bonfire after the service, and it is going to be a wonderful time. So make sure you're remembering that. Good. All it's right. in the evening. It's in the evening. Not right after the service. PM. There we go. There we go. <laughs> 7 p.m. All right. For our benediction, we turn to the book of Hebrews. And now may the God of peace who brought back, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, equip you with all that you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ all that is pleasing to him. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep by the everlasting covenant signed with his blood. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Go now and serve our God. Sing verse 3 together. Could we with ink the ocean fill?